Welcome to the Naughty Child Podcast. With me, Richard. And me, Polly. I'm the dad. And I'm the daughter. And this is season eight. I'll dish everything before I leave. I need to find that bag. <laughs> Alex Hartley took us off air in Brighton earlier this year. I'm a huge fan of Pepper. We thought we were really funny, so why doesn't everyone else think we're really funny? She's the most relaxed captain you've ever known. It's been the longest year ever, hasn't it? Oh, well, Manchester Originals aren't through to the Eliminators, so I've got to change my team. Yeah. Well, my dog is now called Jimmy Anderson. Getting into England was quite a breeze. Like, I just walked straight through. Like Sophie Eccleston's the worst, like having a child with you when she's on tour. Polly, it's a new season. It's a new season. So that means we've done seven seasons, six episodes. Mm-hmm. So this is 42 episodes down. This is number 43. Yeah. So we'll be at 46 maybe within the year, 47. Something well, like wasn't that. our first episode the 15th Our first of episode was January. 15th of January. But I guess we... Oh, yeah, well, yeah, I suppose, yeah. If you do it like that. Then so by be... our first anniversary, we should be up to about 49. Yeah. That's we've, almost one a week. We've had three weeks off all year. That's true. Because between, I think, first and second season, we didn't take a break. We took a break between season two and three. Three and four. Five and six, we took a big one, because that was just after the 100. And then six, seven, eight, I don't think we've had a break. And then one week we did two episodes in the week. That was the hundred, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Yeah, because we had like a week and a half up after because we mm-hmm. put one episode on the Friday and then it was the Sunday because the final was on the Saturday. And we thought if we That's do right. it a week after, then, you know, it would have died down a bit. So we, we kind of wanted to put it out as soon as possible. That's right. Happy yeah. birthday, by the way, Polly. Thank you. <laughs> you are just 17, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and the way you look is way beyond compare. Um, yeah, I turned 17 yesterday, which is, yeah, pretty good. That means that you're allowed to drive. Well, when I pass. <laughs> so have um, you got any lessons coming up? I've got my first lesson on Sunday. Driving lesson on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I mean, stay off the roads because I, I am so scared. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it could go uh, interestingly <laughs> Well, we'll see. We'll, we'll yeah, find out well, about I mean, it next week. But I'm, or I, not, if I don't make it. Oh, I think you'll be fine, Polly. You know, yeah. you'll be fine. Okay, that's good. Um, so, yeah, we've got quite a bit to talk about. We have. We have. Uh, yeah. Some things have happened since last week, haven't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, WBBL yeah. comes to mind. That feels like ages ago. Mm. It feels like a different time. So, WBBL final. Adelaide Strikers versus Perth Scorchers. I was rooting for the strikers, but you know, Scorchers won. That's fine. Piper, Piper's part of that team. It's all good. Um, but yeah, I think Scorchers were way better on the day. Mm. And I think the thing that I guess we saw it with the 100 as well. Well, a slightly different scenario because with Oval Invincibles, they played one game before the final, like the day before, mm. and then went into the final with all that. Uh, momentum and stuff mm-hmm. and I think the exact same thing happened with Adelaide Strikers with the challenger and the eliminator yes because it was like very very close together and it was I mean well obviously not with the hundred that wasn't the case but with the it was the same ground they were in Adelaide that was their home ground mm-hmm. so I guess they had that home advantage um but then they went over to Perth conditions were probably different they've been on a flight like they've been traveling and stuff mm-hmm. but meanwhile um, the Scorchers had been in Perth for a while. They were rested. I think a few of them went to see their families. They could relax a bit more. So, yeah, I guess that's one of the factors. But I suppose it is who plays best on the day. And obviously, Scorchers did play much better and they, they yeah. won. And congratulations to Perth. Really yeah. well deserved. Um, and it was the first time Perth had, has won the... Have, what is it? Has or have? have well, you see, this is an interesting one. It's a, you know, we talked about the differences between Australian language and yeah. English language. Well, we tend to talk about cricket teams or countries mm-hmm. or in as if they are plural. Mm-hmm. So we'll say England have won the Ashes. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Australia, they'd say Australia has won the Ashes. Mm. So we say it like it's third person plural and mm-hmm. they say it like it's third person singular. Mm-hmm. Which I think probably they're more correct. 
Shh, you can't say that. Because Australia is a singular noun. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't know, that's a bit boring, but... <laughs> <laughs> I like to put these bits of grammar in here, yeah, I think it's, it's important. so boring, I hate language, it's, it's not interesting. Um, that's a funny thing to say on a podcast, by the way, but carry on. Okay, um... Oh, this is a bit sad. The qualifiers being cancelled. Yes. Yeah. So they're being held in Zimbabwe, and because of the new variant in a lot of like where it's mutated a lot in Southern Africa, and there are lots of cases, um, they decided to cancel the rest of the tournament, which is a shame because, um, obviously a lot of games hadn't gone ahead, and so. I guess, yeah, it, it, I think Thailand has been one of the kind of victims of that. And that's, They're the big loser because yeah, they were having such shame. a good tournament. Yeah. And they'd beaten one of the teams that subsequently mm-hmm. qualified. But did they beat Bangladesh, I think? I think yeah, I can't quite and, remember. But. Um, but so instead of, because the competition was only half, not even halfway mm-hmm. through, when they cancelled it, they just said, right, the, the top three mm-hmm. ranking teams. Yeah. Will go through, and the next two top ranking teams mm. will uh, play go into a... the ITC um, women's tournament. Yeah, so Thailand miss out on both of those, yeah. despite possibly having been one of the best yeah. teams in the tournament. And that's yeah, it's it's really sad because I mean, also the horrific journey they had to do to get home, like five different airports. I mean, certainly for Ireland and the Netherlands, um, it was crazy to get home so yeah it's it's a real shame and I think it's also because like the associate members are doing really well at the moment and it's so good to see them play and so the qualifiers are a really good opportunity for them not only to try and qualify but also just gain experience and play matches because um actually speaking to our guest uh the one thing she said is that you know the associate members need to play more cricket and certainly for her country you know we need to play more cricket um so yeah that was a bit of a shame but talking of associate members there's been a massive positive this week Mm -hmm. um the response to our podcast last week with tina goff has (laughs) been incredible like the german team like official account got behind it and loads of the players had liked and retweeted and stuff and that that's lovely because um, I guess for them, it's also nice that cricket in their country is being recognised. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's so nice to see them. I guess. Yeah, we, we've us been as we've well. been feeling the love from Germany yeah, this week, really haven't have. we? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we really appreciate mm-hmm. that. And uh, Tina was great, wasn't yeah. she? Yeah. Absolutely brilliant to talk to, and mm-hmm. a great story mm-hmm. um, about how you know she's taken cricket. Uh, well, as she's travelled to different mm-hmm. parts of the world, cricket has been there when yeah. she got there, which has yeah. just been brilliant to see. And we talked a lot about the expansion of the game mm. and uh, it becoming more of a global sport. And Europe is a big area to do that. Mm. You know, USA definitely is yeah. as well. But you look at the um, European infrastructure and the sort of close distances to travel mm. and, and so on. And there's a real um, opportunity there for the game to develop mm-hmm, definitely and also uh on our youtube i added german subtitles i saw that yeah how did you do that mm, just, just my linguistic skills i did use a translator but i it's a more re- it's not like google translate it's more uh-huh. reliable um so hopefully it works with the timestamps. it's a bit difficult okay so it might not but if you like oh what do you mean <laughs> if you, i was to say if you don't speak english we're probably not gonna understand this but <laughs> I did put in on the YouTube video in the title, mm-hmm. in brackets, German subtitles in German. Ah, so right. if people see it, they might be like, oh, German subtitles. And I might do the same with this episode with Portuguese. Um, yes. Try and do the same. Because yes. I think, obviously, we can't speak fluently in German or Portuguese mm-hmm. or anything. So actually, um, to to like put them on there so people... Can, from that country who may not know English can actually get involved with cricket. I, I think that's a really, um, really good thing to do, mm-hmm. really important. Hey, so, you, you've got cousins who speak Portuguese as well, haven't you? Yeah. So you could 
ask them to help. <laughs> um, it's a bit of a long one to, to, to translate, but yeah. Um, then to England stuff. So England are currently in Oman or Oman, Oman. People say differently. Oman, I'd say Oman. Oman. Yeah. Um, so they're doing warm weather training in preparation for the ashes, mm-hmm. and there've there's been some exciting news about people that are there. So mm-hmm. Kirsty Gordon is over there. Who I don't think's played for Eng- she didn't play last year and I'm trying to think when the last time she played, but it's exciting that she's back over there. She had a good hundred, didn't she? Yeah, she did have a good hundred. Um and also Lindsay Smith, I think, was supposed to go, but she is injured, I believe. Okay. And my Boucher is there. Mm-hmm. Um Eve Jones isn't. So let's hope they just already know she's very warm weather acclimatized. But yeah, it's yes. Yes, for any new listeners, uh, Eve Jones came on our podcast. She was one of... Was she She's the third person we ever After Kate and Alex. Yeah. yeah. So she's and, the first one in the And episode. we're big fans of Eve. And we mm-hmm. saw us hit a century um, earlier in the season. Yeah. And we think England need a left-handed batter. Mm-hmm. And Eve fits perfectly. She's had a fantastic season in the Rachel Hill Flint, in the Charlotte Edwards. She's had a fantastic 100. She's yeah. had a fantastic WBBL. Mm-hmm. I guess my question, if um, if England selectors are listening mm-hmm. to this, is Do what England selectors listen? <laughs> what else is Eve Jones supposed to do to get this is so true. a spot on the England side? She's literally done everything she can. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, does she need to like just break into the England camp and be like, <laughs> "Hi, I'm here." Like, I don't see what else mm-hmm. could be done. Um, so we'll see how things develop. So, I'm very yeah. hopeful. Yeah, I'm very hopeful. Yeah, but with our help, Eve will get. <laughs> uh, the next thing is hundred salaries. So it was announced yesterday, so on the first December, that um, the salaries for the hundred for the women are doubling. Which, I mean, if they ha- if they didn't do it, there would be a lot of outrage. Um, you know, it's it's a small step, I suppose, but. It's a really positive step. Um, And although it's not making, you know, incredible amounts of difference, it just shows that I guess the ECB have realised how impactful the 100 has been. And they they need to reward the women for it for the contracts next year, I think. Yeah, clearly ticket sales were Mm -hmm. really good. And they'll have made some money from and they threw a lot of money at it, (laughs) to be fair. Uh, and so this recognises that. Mm-hmm. I guess the thing is that in terms of the amounts of money we're talking about, I think doubling the salaries, it won't make a big dent mm-hmm. um, into the profit and loss column, mm-hmm. but it makes a big difference to lots of individuals. Yeah. Uh, and I think even, you know, the top salaries, which, you know, be going to the overseas players, mm-hmm. you assume, well, looking at the overseas players that they got in, mm-hmm. they pretty much got in, with the exception of the Australians, yeah. Um who were supposed to come and were going to come anyway yeah. um, on the salaries that mm. they were offered. It, they managed to attract the top overseas players yeah. with those salaries anyway. Yeah. So they've doubled them. So mm. they'll say, yeah. okay, I'll do it for twice the yeah. amount if you insist. <laughs> um, but I think the real difference it will make, it will be to, I, I don't know, the Thea Brooks's and the Michaela Kirks yeah. of this world. You know, people who... Um, uh, don't have a a, a central contract, mm. you know, and maybe hopefully, uh, you know, for Thea Brooks doesn't have a regional contract, yeah. you know, and so suddenly that increase in money gives her mm-hmm. more options. It's real, yeah. you know, cricket becomes again slightly more mm-hmm. viable. Yeah. Um, and I guess also for, uh, I guess with Thea it's different because she's a teacher, but with people who may work, I don't know, in in something where they don't get you know a summer holiday sort of thing mm-hmm. it will i guess help financially to but so they can say to their boss oh i'm gonna be out for this month or whatever yeah. if they can do that so um i think yeah it's a positive thing there's a long way to go but it's 100 percent a positive thing and yeah it's exciting and i, I can't wait for the hundred again i think it's been really good um I feel the need to cough. You know, your voice goes all husky. Mm-hmm. That's fine. <coughs> what a lovely cough. Um, yeah, my, my voice has gone a bit croaky. Ooh, I'll take a lateral flow no, test. No, uh, don't say that. Um, 
also want to talk about Lancashire Second Ground. Now this is so exciting. So uh, Lancashire County Cricket Club announced that they are going to be building a second ground in Preston. Okay, again, for listeners who haven't Mm -hmm. listened to every episode of our podcast, I am from Preston. That's where I Mm -hmm. grew up. Uh, It's where my parents were from. Mm -hmm. And uh, I still have a family home there, (laughs) uh, which is uh, um, uh, just about to be sold. And uh, but Preston's a place dear to our hearts. So yeah. the thought of uh, that in the future we'll mm-hmm. be nipping up to Preston to yeah. watch um, Northwest Sun yeah. Thunder play, uh, or even watch Lancashire play. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing, amazing thought. Isn't yeah, it? Um, because it will. But like from the announcement, it seemed that it will be. Um, kind of a, a hub for women's mm-hmm. cricket in Lancashire, it sounds really, or I guess the Northwest in general. Um, so that is so exciting. Um, and yeah, I'd love to go see some games. And I guess it it's just, again, investment. Um, and I suppose it means the women won't have to play as much um, at Chester or Liverpool and stuff, or they'll just have a nicer ground to play mm-hmm. at where... Um, yeah, I get their seating. <laughs> Don't have to bring your own yeah. chair. Um, so, yeah, that's exciting. Uh, the final thing I want to talk about is Spotify Wrapped, which came out yesterday. Now, Spotify Wrapped is probably like my favourite thing of the year because <laughs> I love stats. Yeah. Um, I hate maths, but I love stats, just like seeing figures of different things. And so that's why I love looking at like our listeners or I love the analytics of when what time people listen like where people listen from all that sort of stuff and so spotify rap came out um it came out for podcasters so you get like an overview of your year obviously it only gives it for spotify so it's kind of a bit different but that's pretty cool but then everyone else who listens to spotify um finds out their top artists top songs and top podcasts and it was so crazy yesterday um, getting loads of notifications of people tagging us in their Spotify wrapped mm-hmm. and we were in their top five podcasts, which is just, it was bizarre. But also seeing our name up on that list with, you know, Nobles, TMS, Tailenders. I was like, why? How? Like, it's crazy. Um, I thought it was just amazing. So I've retweeted quite a lot of them, but it's just, yeah, it's kind of, it's some big names to be to be alongside. <laughs> yes. I think, again, for any new listeners, maybe our German friends out mm-hmm. there, we really aren't anyone at all, are we? <laughs> no. We're just fans. And yeah. uh, we record this on Polly's phone. Yeah. Um, so we don't even have any equipment, really. Yeah. Uh, but you do an amazing job, Polly, with the editing and, <laughs> and putting it all together. Um, yeah, it's like it, we don't get paid. This is not our job. I just do this. We do this alongside school and work, and we just record it in my room. And we sometimes message people to say, "Will you come on our podcast?" And they say yes for some reason. <laughs> so we're very so, grateful for that. But yeah, yeah. and we're very grateful for uh, people for listening to us because yeah. you know I guess we just did it because we wanted to do it yeah. and didn't really have any ex- any expectations <laughs> but it's been great that um yeah lots of people have joined in so you're yeah. very welcome listeners yeah but yeah as i say it was very strange yesterday to just yeah, see people tagging us and saying you know thanks for accompanying my year and it's like that's kind of mad um because also i love podcasts like, i just mm-hmm. love listening i love having i guess when you're like walking on your own or something just it's like having someone else with yes. you yeah, so, um, what, so what were your top podcasts? Oh, this is actually really embarrassing. So our podcast wasn't even in there. Well, in fact, I don't really listen to our podcast because I have to spend so much time editing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so my number one was Nobles. Mm-hmm. Then it was TMS, I think. Then Tailenders. Um, then Off Menu, which is... What's that? I can't remember the people that... James Acaster and someone else, I can't remember... But I don't, I don't remember really listening to it. I think I listened to it to fall asleep. <laughs> it's probably a bit bad. Um, but I actually quite like it because, like, people... It's about food, so 
Mm-hmm. It's kind of good. And then women's cricket chat because mm. we love women's cricket chat. I actually love them so much. It's quite funny though because we a lot of the time we end up interviewing the same people. So for mm. example, with Anna Harris, in the same week we both released an episode because we obviously don't know who each yes. other have interviewed. So that's that's pretty cool. But yeah, we love everyone at women's cricket chat. Um, but yeah, my podcast didn't even make it. Um, Onto but, your own. But that's, yeah. as you say, you listen to it yeah. like multiple times <laughs> whilst yeah. you're editing it. Yeah. Yes, um, that's so. that's good. And I, what what music and artists did you get in your top five? I don't want to talk about this. I am interested. <laughs> no, um, the Beatles were in my top five. The Beatles, Taylor Swift, um, No Horn. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the others. To be fair, top songs. It was just oh, <laughs> there's this new set. There was this like new thing that I've I've never seen on there before, and it was uh like two truths and a lie. You have to click. It talks about your stats like which is true, like, this was the most listened to podcast and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, and I clicked on, and the one, like, one of the ones that was true was your most your most binged song, Love is an Open Door from Frozen. I was like, yeah, sums up my year. <laughs> so, but no, I love looking at all the stats. That was pretty cool. Um, so the Lancashire yeah. Hot Pots didn't make it onto your top five? Oh, no, I did actually listen to them quite a bit this year. They're on tour. I was thinking about getting tickets now. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I can't be bothered. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a nice story. <laughs> no, but I can listen to them on YouTube. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I listen to a lot of hours of music and podcasts because I think it combines music and podcasts. And because I tend to listen to like longer podcasts because mm. apparently you can get like fifteen minute podcasts. I didn't know that was a thing. But I listen to like forty five minutes an hour. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, forty five minutes is quite short for a podcast. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, that was. That was pretty cool. Also, I got quite quite a few retweets and likes on my thing of basically saying my podcast isn't here. Like, why am I not backing myself? <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, listen to our podcast even though I don't listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. But I think, I think that's everything. That's everything for this week. Yeah, we just need to introduce our very exciting guest. Now, it's not good to have favourites, is it? No, but everyone has a favourite and, you know, Roberta Moretti-Avery is probably, probably, like, just my favourite, like, my favourite cricketing personality. Like, she has such a good personality and she's so joyful and she's just amazing. But the thing is that when we recorded it, we had no idea that we would also get Jimmy Anderson on the podcast (laughs) as well. The Jimmy Anderson... Or the Brazilian Jimmy Anderson in the form of a dog. <laughs> so, Roberta, who's the captain of Brazil, who spoke to us a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. and is absolutely amazing, her dog is called <laughs> Jimmy Anderson. <laughs> and she, yeah, she explains this. Um, so, it's a very good story. And I don't know how we managed to still ask questions after that because I just could not stop <laughs> laughing about it. <laughs> It was very good. Um, so in the title, it will definitely be Roberta Moratti Avery and Jimmy Anderson. I'll put in brackets the dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes you can only see like h- half of the title. So, you know, people think we've got the Jimmy on. Uh, maybe one day. You never know. <laughs> you never do. You never do. So. Uh, but yes, yeah, she was absolutely brilliant to talk mm-hmm. to. And as I say, you talk about favourites. Actually, when after we interviewed Anna Harris, I said, "Oh, that was the best one yeah, ever." Yeah, and then she after we interviewed everyone, we go, "Oh, that was oh, so good." Oh, like, Moran, that's, that was that's the best interview I've ever done. Um, but to be everyone we speak to is it's very true. nice, and that's just that's not like a media train out. That's just it's true. It's because of them, um, not of us. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing because they give us their time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's absolutely amazing. So. Enjoy. Oh, it's a pleasure to actually meet you too. I have been listening to you a lot lately. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. That's amazing. Yeah. I can't quite yeah. believe that people actually listen to us. That's that's the thing. We just record it and yeah. I can't imagine that people around the world uh, listen to us. It's a very, very strange thing. But I'm glad you enjoy it. Well, it's the same thing that I start that I thought when I actually started posting things on Twitter. I was like, I can't believe people are actually reading this. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. The world has got a, a much smaller place, really, hasn't it? 
Yes, that is true. <laughs> so, so you're in Brazil at the moment. Whereabouts in Brazil do you live? Now, I say this knowing very, very little about the, the, the geography of Brazil, but whereabouts in Brazil are you? Well, I live uh, very close to Sao Paulo. It's a okay. state called uh, Minas Gerais. It's about uh, three hours by car from Sao Paulo. In Brazil, that's very close. I know that <laughs> other parts of the world, it could be a little bit different, but for us, it's close. Yes, yes, I froze it right here to Scotland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're in we're in Birmingham, so right in the middle of England. Oh yes, yes. I lived okay. in um, in Lincolnshire for about five years of my life. Oh right, uh, yeah, yeah. For, yeah, so well, not that it's close, but it's, it's yeah, yeah, it works. <laughs> Um, so firstly, we want to, uh, like, can you share with our listeners, for those who may not know, how on earth did you get into cricket? Yes, well, um, I've always been an athlete and I lived in England for seven years. Uh, while I was in England, although I didn't uh, get in contact with cricket, I was able to see some cricket on TV. So I knew the sport existed and it was very strong um, for the, for, for the English citizens. Uh, when I came back to Brazil, I got married. I was married to my husband, which is an, an English citizen. And uh, he was invited to be part of a, a Cricket Brazil development project as a coach to teach young kids how to play cricket. I was already playing competitive golf. So I said, well, this is not going to be my sport. I already play a sport, a high performance one. I don't need another one. Uh, but I went into a softball game uh, on a Monday night and uh, as a golfer hit the cricket ball is quite fun isn't it because you can hit it absolutely anywhere and it, it, it's valid in, in, in golf you just have to hit straight balls it's not as much fun so I had a lot of fun playing softball cricket and uh, the environment was very good uh, I ended up going every week uh, until they invited me to play for the local club the, they were planning to have a ladies national league um, and I said, okay, that is going to be in six months' time. I believe that I can, I, I'll be able to play. Uh, and that's how it always started, um, by just going on a funny day playing softball cricket in Brazil, not in, not in England. <laughs> that's really strange, isn't it? That you, you come to England and live here all those years and never play the game. And then it's only when you go back to Brazil that you start playing it. Yes, uh, but in England, I didn't play pretty much, I, I just played a little bit of golf, uh, but that was all. I was very focusing work only. Uh, so I guess that's why I never got a chance. But now every time I go to England, I find whatever club that is available. And I always go uh, to see the, the facilities they have, what the women they have playing over there, boys. And I just want to play anytime that I go over there now. That's amazing. And um, over the last few weeks, I have just absolutely loved watching Team Brazil at the qualifiers. I just think like the team ethos and just the, the way that everyone looks like they're having so much fun. That is just incredible to see. So how did you get involved in that setup? And what is that being part of that group like? Well, um, it, my cricket stories. I think a little bit different because when when I started playing, I was invited to play in the local club for the National League. Um, I met most of the Brazilian players during that tournament. And uh, when I saw them playing, I was like, well, with my golf background, my dedication, I think I'm going to be able to get that team within some time. Uh, and actually worked and I joined the Brazilian squad in 2014. But the setup was completely different. We were an amateur team uh, training two times a week maybe three times a week, going to the South American Championship, always losing. Uh, up to 2014, we lost every single tournament we played against Argentina. Uh, we could beat Chile and Peru, but we could not beat Argentina. So it was like a very, very amateur. And uh, was the team was selected on the basis of who can play and who can pay, uh, because it, it was a hobby. Uh, thinking about now what happened last month with you watching the qualifiers we see the difference of the cricket in brazil now we we now a fully centrally contracted national team uh we have a second team uh from cricket brazil which are the blue shirts which are the second step of the high performance pathway mm -hmm. um we have uh, more than five thousand participants just in my hometown 
we are going to 33,000 participants next year uh, with a region of schools. And the, from these girls, uh, from these participants, 50% of them are girls. Mm -hmm. uh, because we didn't, we don't have cricket as a tradition. So for us, cricket is for all. It's not a male sport. So mm -hmm. girls play like everyone plays. Uh, so when I look in that setup in 2014, when I started playing and now, uh, I feel so proud to actually be playing the, quali the World Cup qualifiers for the first time. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, that's what we wanted to take. The, the impression that you got from the team, that's what we wanted to take. We want to show the world, yes, we can play cricket. Yes, we are getting better. Yes, yes, this team is amazing. But also we play with joy. We play with passion. We love what we do. Uh, we are not playing just because they're paying us to play. We are professional athletes. No, we are playing because we absolutely love it. And I think everyone was able to see that now and see how much joy we have by playing. And that's certainly what you communicate from the clips that, that I see. And, and of course, the, the thing that, that everyone's seen or many of us have seen is the Allegri celebration. Tell me, what, what is that? How did that happen? Who invented that? Yes, I, I was actually talking to Kika, which is the former captain of Brazil. And uh, this tournament, because she was uh, our wicketkeeper, our uh, main wicketkeeper, got pregnant in February. So she was... Uh, she was the vice captain, the wicket keeper, and she wasn't able to train. And now we're, she's expecting her baby anytime soon. Mm -hmm. So we needed a second keeper, and uh, we called Kika, which is our former captain, to be a backup keeper in case we need it. And she and her twin sister were captain and vice captain from Cricket Brazil for many years. She has that instrument that you saw, the pandeiro. I don't know how to say that in English. The, 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 pandu, pan, the thing that makes the noise, the music instrument that okay. they, we use in the Alegria celebration, it is a Brazil one. So I told her, said, Kika, take the, the Brazil instrument. And uh, so we make some noise while over there because I guess we're going to be very far away. We want to make sure that we show that. And that started because every time we would go on a tour bus to make people go into the tournament, uh, moment, we would sing that song. We say it's, it's joy. So we, we, we'd sing and jump on the bus and make everyone <laughs> mad because they wanted to go focus, listen to the headphones and we would like, yeah, alegria, alegria. everybody would, the ones who liked the music would love us and the ones who didn't like some music and wanted some peace and quiet would hate us. But it got to be our characteristic in every South American championship. We would sing that in the field, we would sing that with the wickets. In Mexico, it was much more difficult to sing that in the field and in the wickets because we are in 2,200 meters above sea level. Uh, air was, we were missing air all the time. So we decided to sing in our celebration before game and after game. So after, after every game, uh, even when we lost the second time to USA, which really broke our hearts, uh, we sang Alegria because this, regardless of the result, uh, we want to show that we do what we love. And uh, I think Alegria became this big thing when, and the video that we have all the teams in there doing that shows that it's contagious. Everybody was having Alegria, joy uh, with us. And, and it's so good for the game, isn't it? Because people around the world see, you know, this is to, to take part in a sport like this is, is joyful and there's there's friendship and there's camaraderie there and 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 that comes across really strongly so I can just imagine hundreds of people across the world are saying I want some of that I want I want to feel what they're feeling uh, too because it's such a, a a wonderful thing to see and to experience yeah I think the women's sports are a little bit different I, I may, definitely in South America we have that uh, we have very good friendship with all the players uh, from Argentina, from Peru, from Chile, Costa Rica, Mexico. I, I, I believe strongly that women sh should support women, uh, regardless where they're coming from, uh, to make the sport go stronger and to make people believe that they can explore, play sports at in age. Uh, we need to have a good environment. The environment starts by us respecting and, uh, uh, and growing together with the other teams. Uh, so I guess that... Uh, is shown a lot more in the women's sport and definitely in South American sport, we can see a lot of that support amongst other teams. The, the other thing that I notice is that you play cricket in a Brazilian style, that there's, there's a kind of, again, that joy. I, when I think of yeah, stereotypes with Brazil, I think of music and I think of movement and I think of 
just so um, I think of Brazilian football teams of the past, you know, the 1970 World Cup team I, and it's sport almost as a form of art I, and as a celebration of life. And it seems to me that that when you play cricket, you're playing very much Brazilian cricket. We call it the Brazilian way mm -hmm. uh, because like, for example, I'm not sure if you were able to see the Brazilian shot. If you didn't, I'll send you the link afterwards. Uh, but the Brazilian shot is like a, a sweet, a switch hit. It's a cover switch. We don't even know how to name it, uh, but it's a white. And uh, one of our former players would just switch completely and hit a cover shot, left-hand cover shot uh, to mid-off or mid-on, depending on the way you look at it. <laughs> and, uh, and when the, the first time she did that, the coach looked at her and said, why? And she looked at him and said, why not? <laughs> and uh, so we didn't, they didn't know what cricket, in 2007, when they started, they, they didn't have role models. They didn't see cricket. They didn't watch it. It wasn't available. So they just played the Brazilian way. And uh, we kind of lost a little bit of that. Uh, and then we gained it back because we, we want to play what suits us. Uh, oh, of course, I'm not, I'm not going to try to hit a, a wide down my leg side to covers, but she did it in the South American Championship and it worked and it, it went for four. So um, anyway, but we, we call it the Brazilian way and we don't want to lose it. Uh, when I went to, I started playing the national team in 2014. In 2017, I had internship in Australia and uh, I also got invited to play with Claire Taylor and Charlotte Edwards. So it was the first time that I actually saw cricket, women's cricket outside Brazil. Uh, I could see a little bit on TV, but not that much, but I was able to actually be in person there. And when I watched my first cricket game, I was like, oh my God, is cricket always this quiet? I didn't <laughs> know that it was like a disrespectful place, nobody talks. I was like, where's the shouting? Where's the dancing? Where, what is happening, guys? And then I realized that the, we were doing something different than everyone else. And uh, yeah, the Brazilian way, we, 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 we wanted, we wanted to remain there. Yeah, definitely. And you can just, yeah, you can tell like we, um, so I saw parts of the, the live streams from the qualifiers and it's just like, even without much of a crowd, there's still that like atmosphere on the pitch. And is that something you really value in um, your captaincy? And is that something uh, that I guess that um, environment and um, joy, I suppose, again, that you as a captain want to instill in your players? Uh, yes, I think the, the joy is definitely something that uh, we value as part of one of our, uh, as part of our team atmosphere. But I think this, it, it started more with the support. Um, sledging was something that we also didn't get in our future. Uh, okay, we learned how to sledge, mainly the, the boys and the men's teams here because it's pretty cool to do. But uh, when we, we started always playing with a lot of support for our players. So actually the 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 noise and the talking, and most of the talkative is, is, is to our players. Like, uh, you can do it, you're gonna do it, you're gonna take that girl out, you're gonna hit this ball. So it's a lot of positive talking in our team. Uh, but the thing is we're speaking Portuguese, a language that most of the people don't understand. Uh, so it, it, it kind of gets mixed in the thing, but we want to be very fierce. We wanna give 150% every time. Uh, and this tournament was something that we wanted to do, we, regardless of the result, because we didn't know how leveled we were with the other teams. We, we haven't played against USA since 2011, with Canada since 2011. So we wanted to give 150% of our game, regardless of the result. If it worked, perfect. If it didn't work, we knew that I had done a good job. So that business of giving more uh, was one of the other energy that we have. As a captain, I wanted them to make sure that they were giving everything they've got. We could rest the rest of the day. We had plenty of time to, to go to our hotel afterwards, but while we were in the field, we need to give 150%. So I think that's a lot of the message that was portraying to the girls. And you mentioned about um, the contracts and professionalism. Uh, firstly, when did those contracts come in and how vital have they been for the development of women's cricket in Brazil? Uh, the central contracts uh, started in January last year, so January 2020. It was it was part of a development, uh, but it was it happened in the perfect timing because in 2019 the South American Championship we won for the fourth time in five, in five years we won four times, uh, 
And uh, after the tournament finished, we were like, now what? Well, what are we gonna do? What, what, what is next? Uh, are we gonna play the South American Championship only? Are we gonna play something bigger? And the president of Cricket Brazil, Matt Federson, which is a lovely and very good guy, uh, he's, he, he sat, sat with me and said, well, okay, we are thinking about doing the central contracts for the ICC uh, qualifiers, World Cup qualifiers, and also thinking about now rankings and how we're going to go get to top 20 in the next four or five years. And I think the way we're going to be able to get there is by getting other things work uh, away from the players and actually focusing on them, on their development. And then... Um, I, I didn't believe it at the first. I said, how is that going to happen? We, you know, I'm a I was a 34, 35-year-old player at the time. I said, I can't believe that at this time of my life, I'm actually going to become a professional athlete. It's a dream season when I was a, a teenager. So it, we just had built the central, uh, the high-performance center here in Posos, and it, it actually started. We contracted 14 girls in the first year, 15 girls in the second. Um, all of them are training from Monday to Friday, uh, four uh, hours a week, uh, four hours a day, uh, physical training, physiotherapy, mental coaching. Uh, it's a whole nice structure. And we are able now to focus in our in developing our cricket, in developing our technical areas, tactical areas, mental game. Uh, and it was perfect. It's a shame that we had a, the pandemic hitting within two months, uh, but we were able to do a lot of stuff at home, mainly physically, mentally. And uh, now we are back into competitions, which is something that we love. And I, we can see the big of a difference that happened to, to our team because we played against Argentina in 2019. Uh, we, it was very competitive games. We played two games against them. We, we played the final against them. It was a competitive game. And we saw the difference between the levels on Brazil and Argentina now, even with uh, a lot of new players on both sides. We, we, so we see how it works. If you give the opportunity of women players, any player, to be over there training more, with more coaching, with more stability, with more structure, they will improve. Uh, so it shows that the central contracts came and it, 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 it works, uh, regardless of which country you're playing for. Yeah, and I think it was, in, it was incredible when the contracts were given out because of the men's team didn't have contracts at the time and how I guess empowering is that to be like well the women have got it before the men for like the first time it's incredible I was very happy when I heard that we were getting the contracts before the men but I was even happier when I heard that we were the first country in the world to do that I didn't know that 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 was something new for the whole world uh I, I think it, it it made sense uh, if you think like uh, as cricket Brazil, it may se make sense because the men's team, they're not part of the, the World Cup qualifiers pathway yet for the ICC. Uh, they are much lower in the rankings. They are mostly made of uh, foreigners that live in Brazil for a long time. Now we're having our first Brazilian players joining the men's team. Uh, so I believe the men's team are, is going to get to the level the Brazilian team is now, but we are going to do that much quicker. We are already years ahead of the men's team so for them to actually recognize it and say you know what we are going to invest on you because you're the team with the best chance of uh, going up the rankings uh, make me feel proud to be a player for the Brazilian team but to be part of a confederation that has the courage and the values the teams how they are so uh, as a woman and as a Brazilian player I, I, it got me so excited and uh, I talk about that all the time I'm all about empowering women so that made me that made my year yeah and it's an exciting time for the game globally and we it's great to see countries like brazil uh, developing their cricket because of course there's a lot of talk about the olympic games in los angeles and the possibility of cricket being part of that is that something that you, you could see that brazil would be part of that even you could be part of Yes, uh, the Olympics. I the Brazilians just love the Olympics. It's a part. It, we just stopped the whole country to watch it. Uh, yes, when the when the bid came from two thousand twenty eight uh, LA Olympics, LA Games, uh, we got very happy. Uh, we do hope that Brazil is going to get a spot uh, on the first Olympics whenever it comes. Uh, we, I, and I personally hope that it's going to be twenty twenty eight because I intend to be playing by that year. Yeah. <laughs> 
but uh, but it's something that I think is gonna make the game go very big, isn't it? Because once you have every a, a lot more countries playing, regardless of what format they will be playing, uh, but you see how. Uh, just to give an example, after the World Cup qualifiers, I got home for my first uh, weekend lunch with my family, mm-hmm. and uh, they were able to watch in the ICC TV the qualifier games. My mom, I, I have been playing cricket for more than eight years. My mom never watched the game, never went to the ground. She she doesn't she has no idea what I do for a living. Mm-hmm. Uh, she just knows that I play some kind of different sport. I, I saw my mom explaining what catching was and how you, if you catch, if the run does not count, the person has to walk out, another person comes in and you bow this way and you bat this way. And if it goes out of the ground without, it's a six, it's a four. I was looking at it. I was like, what? What have you done to my mom? What, what, what is that? And not only her, but her friends and my dad and my nephew, my 12-year-old nephew saying, t- talking about the, 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 the loss of cricket. I was like, who are these people? What have you done to my family? But the thing is, they were able to watch it. They were able to see it. And uh, they were able to understand cricket. And that's, I'm talking about the World Cup qualifiers and maybe a few thousand people watched here in our hometown with the players. Imagine that in the Olympics. Imagine, imagine that being available for the world with the, the audience that the Olympics have. Uh, imagine all these families, the all parts of the world talking about the same thing, how big that's going to be for the game. So uh, when we get to Olympics and it becomes more accessible for viewers, I think the game is going to go boom. And uh, I can't wait for that to happen. Be yeah, and we're fortunate enough. because So we're in Birmingham, so we have the Commonwealth Games um, next summer. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that would be massive as well. I mean, not the same scale as the Olympics, but it's, it's still huge and just people being able to see cricket on TV and especially the fact that at um, the Commonwealth Games it's only the women that will be playing which is so special as well Um, but obviously last summer we had the 100 here and we're definitely of the belief that next year you should be in the 100 because we we need more like people coming from all over the world like it's amazing to have the Indian overseas overseas and the Australians but we need people from Brazil, Canada, Germany, France. We, we need everywhere. So if you could play for any 100 team, who would you want to play for? Oh, my God. That's a tough, tough question. I don't know. Uh, you know, I, 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 we did get a shirt, a signed shirt from Grace Gibbs from, from the Oval Invincibles. Uh, signed for us. Written good luck for the World Cup qualifiers. So I have a big love for Grace. She's a lovely player. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I can't answer. You, you put me in a bad position now. <laughs> like, yeah, who am I going to support in the World Cup? I don't know. I, 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 I have so much trouble with deciding these kind of things. Mm-hmm. But in case any Brazilian has the opportunity of playing the 100, I, I, I think it's going to be such a great uh, moment for cricket in Brazil, for any international uh, tournaments. And I do believe that we have a lot of young girls coming out now, uh, I'm pretty sure you all saw the last over against Canada in the qualifiers. Uh, the bowler, Laura Cardoso, she's only 16. She's a powerhouse, fielding, batting, bowling. I do believe that players like her uh, will have that opportunity, and uh, I, I hope it's soon. it happens soon. And if I'm able ever to have that opportunity, oh, my God. I, I, I'll, I'll take my own Brazilian tumbling, and I will make a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think that would make great sense for the for the game, wouldn't it? You know, so even if you've got someone who's who's part of the squad and doesn't play a game in the hundred, to be part of a franchise team, to be training alongside, you know, the top Australians and Indian players and English players uh, for a whole month and in, in the summer, that would just be such a a real development opportunity, I think, for the world game. So I I think we should. I think we should contact someone at the yeah. and tell them that they need to do it. I'm a great believer that you cannot be what you can see. Uh, and uh, for example, we had Tara Norris playing for the USA team, yeah? and uh, she was bowling at us. And you could see her bowling, you can see her batting. It's a different level than what we had in the, in the tournament. And uh, it was, I, I thought it was lovely because some of our my younger players, one of them did not play a game. She's from this 
the Blue Shirt Project, the second Brazilian team. Uh, she went as our 13th player and she looked at Paranor. She was like, next year, I'm going to bowl like her. Mm. So you see that inspiration, that role model growing. And uh, she looked at her and said, I want, to, I want that. I want to bowl like that, that girl. Uh, and I think that that's, you cannot be, you cannot see. They saw Taranaris, they want to be like Taranaris. So the more in, uh, exchange that we have against these great players and the development players, more that we want to grow and get better. Yeah, that's massive. And like with the 100, that was so important. Like it was so amazing seeing, I guess even people my age, I'm 16, but also like, you know, younger girls just seeing players and being like, wow, I want to be like them. And it's, it's yeah, it's priceless. It's amazing to see. And do you have any um, like cricketing heroes or people in cricket that you look up to or have looked up to in the past? Uh, the same way that I have trouble deciding teams, I have trouble deciding my favorite players, but there are a few, uh, four players that I, 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 that in different stages of my life, they were very important. Uh, the first one, uh, uh, when I went to Australia in 2017, I started studying a lot of the, which women are, were the role models at the time. And uh, I, this shirt is actually signed by them. I met the Australian women's team. And uh, when I saw Meg Lanning, I cried. I literally, imagine this woman arriving in the airport. I was like, oh, can they give a signature? When I saw Meg Lanning, I literally cried. I have a picture with her. My eyes are red. <laughs> I can't believe what she thought about that. But anyway, uh, the two other players that were massive for me that year, one was Claire Taylor. She was the captain of, our, of the team that I played in USA. Uh, and she was already retired from the game, but such a important such a down-to-earth player and such a smart player intelligent she 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 was very i can i we spoke about cricket about life about her career about everything but she was a good role model for a very good role model for me and that same year i met Charlotte edwards which is completely different more like um she was still playing she was still in the game she was amazing coach she was <laughs> We thought uh, we might be hearing from your dogs at some point. <laughs> yes, they were very quiet and sure enough, <laughs> the cat just got out. <laughs> so Charlotte Edwards was amazing. And uh, for me lately, uh, one player that I always loved, but uh, in the World Cup, she made something, she, she showed how what a person she is, is Sophie Divine. Uh, I love Sophie mm. Divine. I, I think when, when they play the warm-up games against Thailand, Thailand being in the World Cup for the first time, and uh, that set, that energy, we, we get inspired by Thailand a lot. And uh, after the warm-up games against them, Sophie got a bunch of the Thai players and just spoke to them like, this is what you got to do, this is what you have to do, and gave them a lot of feedback. This is how you have to go to get better, how you have to play the World Cup. She didn't need to do that. She, mm. But she, she is that person. She wants to see the women's game grow regardless of which team she is. And she's just amazing, batting, bowling. She's just, I love Sophie Divine a lot. So these four players definitely were ones that in different stages of my life uh, helped me to be a better player and, and definitely a better person as well. Yeah, but that's amazing. I mean, we love Charlotte Edwards. Like, she's incredible. We've spoken to a lot of people who um, she's, she's the coach of and she gets this balance right of being really successful, but also a lovely person, not ridiculously like brutal and strict with mm -hmm. them. And I just think that's so admirable. And yeah, I mean, if, if you played in the hundred, maybe you could go to Southern Brave and work under Charlotte Edwards, you know? Yes, maybe. If she, if she listens to this, Charlotte, don't forget me, please. <laughs> think about me next year. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go to UK. I don't mind. I'll, I'll, I'll miss the sunny Brazilian weather. It doesn't matter if it rains or not. I don't mind. <laughs> but in fact, we were talking about this before mm -hmm. and actually thinking that you can be you can be just like Charlotte Edwards for Brazilian cricket in the, in the same way that she is such a, an important person within, you know, English cricket and her influence on her, you know, a next generation of players. So she was very influential as a player, but it seems to me that there's another generation of players coming through who just talk about her all the time and are really inspired by her. And it seems to me that that's what you can be for Brazilian cricket as well. It's, uh, it's funny you say that because I, uh, I have been traveling a lot. And when I travel, I listen to a lot of podcasts. 
And um, a lot of women players I asked about legacy and they usually say that legacy is not too important for them or not the main priority for them. For us here in Brazil, legacy is big because we are creating something new. Uh, so we do want to be inspiring other people because we want to show them that they can do it. Uh, we don't have a Brazilian, we have a Brazilian team, but it's completely different. But professional players, we're the first ones. So legacy for us is something very strong. Uh, we want to make sure that the, what, the next ones are coming through are looking to us and say, you know what, I want to be like her. I want to follow this kind of path. Um, and values are also very important for us too. So uh, I, 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 I will never compare myself to Charlotte Edwards. She's much bigger than I can ever even imagine. But I do believe in the power that we have on inspiring the next generation and the, showing them, you know what, this is possible. This is a chance for you. You may not become a professional player, but you can be a cricket player. You can have fun with cricket. You can take the values of cricket with you for your life. And I think that's going to be major for, for me and for the, the, the manager of the, the team at this moment. Yeah, and also um, you went on Tailenders. What was it like to speak to, you know, Greg, Felix and, and Jimmy Anderson? Like, how incredible was that? Uh, I, oh my, uh, first of all, I'm going to say something which may not, may not be a good thing for me, but it actually happened. After the Tailenders, um, I had a dog which passed away, which was the love of our life. Uh, after the Tailenders, six months after my dog passed away, I uh, rescued another dog. And uh, my husband didn't want to have another dog. So we were having a beer and uh, we asked, okay, you know what? Let's talk about who is the greatest player at this modern area. And I, and I was asking that because I wanted to have a good name coming forward so I could give to the dog. So my husband would let me adopt the dog. Well, my dog is now called Jimmy Anderson. <laughs> And I'm not sure if he likes it or not, but I know that he probably knows that. But anyway, Jimmy's at home. He was the one barking right now. So that's how much Tailenders impacted my life. I now have a Jimmy Anderson in my house. <laughs> and oh, I promise that if Jimmy Anderson ever comes to Brazil, because he promised that he, they will come to Brazil, I will take a picture of both of them together. I'm not sure if the real Jimmy Anderson is going to be happy about that or not, but my Jimmy Anderson will and I will but anyway <laughs> Theo Anders was an amazing experience it gave so much name to Cricket Brazil because he has a huge audience it's unbelievable and uh, they were so open and so easy to talk to uh, so accessible and uh, there was a moment that they asked if I wanted to, to, to say anything to Jamie Anderson if people knew him here and he's everyone that knows a little bit more of cricket and we follow a lot of the English cricket uh, knows him it, so I asked if he wanted to come to Brazil and give a coaching lesson for our bowlers. That's when the tour started. So they said they will, they, were, they are planning a tour with the, uh, the Final World podcast to come to Brazil. So never know, maybe my Jimmy Anderson is going to meet your Jimmy Anderson. <laughs> you take it for a walk, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to be very well trained by then because for the, at the moment he's just eating the whole of my house. <laughs> When both of them meet, he's more behaved. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Um, and what are, I guess, the next big steps for Brazilian cricket? Uh, we need to play more. I think uh, that's the, the aim. It was the aim for this year already. We, have, uh, we had a tour for Argentina, a tour for Europe, the World Cup qualifiers, and the South American Championship. Uh, just the World Cup qualifiers happened. But next year, we plan to do the, the three there pending. So we are gonna go against, uh, we are gonna go to Argentina in February. Uh, we plan to do another tour in July and uh, the South American Championship is in October, but all we, we, we need to play more now and start thinking about going up the rankings, uh, keep the training happening strongly, keeping the participation uh, coming strongly too, to feed into this uh, high performance pathway. And I do believe that the next two years are gonna be very interesting for us. Uh, we're gonna work very hard so the next time that we play the World Cup qualifiers, nobody takes that spot away from us. That, yeah, and that's just, just like hearing you speak about how much you love cricket and Cricket Brazil, it's, it's just incredible. And thinking, I guess, 
I suppose in this country, we, we really take for granted playing cricket because it is quite a normal thing. But to be a real like trailblazer of it in your country is just incredible. It's, it's really inspiring. Uh, yeah, but, but it's like, maybe I'm not sure, maybe it's like football for us. Everybody knows how to play football. Everybody uh, watches football on TV. Some, some people love it, some people don't, but it's over there, it's part of the culture. Uh, but here, what we want is in my hometown now. I have we have more cricket players and football players, uh, so I guess it's becoming this niche uh, of us uh, of a, of a sport uh, in some areas. But we want people to love and play cricket. Uh, it's a it's a great sport to play. Uh, it's a great environment to be. So we want them to be involved into the into into this love and. Now I just arrived from a from a trip from from other things. Uh, all my friends, all my family, my husband, everybody's playing cricket. So you could see that they love it, and uh, we want to keep that going. Yeah, and it's, it seems to me as well. Brazil has a very strong national identity, and and I get the impression that lots of people in Brazil, it doesn't matter what sport is being played, if it's Brazil playing it. They want to cheer them on, and they want them to win, especially if they're playing Argentina. So, so it's. I think having that strong national identity as a, as a nation is, is probably quite helpful for promoting the sport as well. Yes, you're right about that. We the 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 represent Brazil is something very strong for us. Uh, definitely for the women's team, you can see that uh, we we sang the national anthem before every game. We cried every game uh, before it started. We it's something different to to wear the Brazilian colors. We wear with that with a lot of pride. Mm. Um, we, got, uh, we uh, I think it showed the nails on the players. Everybody had the green and yellow. Nobody asked them to do that. Nobody asked us mm. to do that. We just do that naturally because we feel very proud of uh, representing Brazil. I think that's why we love the Olympics so much uh, because you have Brazil in pretty much every sport, women's and men. And uh, we have a chance to 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 be there. Uh, this is sport representation is something very big. We it's funny because we don't have that in a lot of other areas. For example, uh, we don't have that in the politics. We don't defend our country like the same way. But in the sports, we do. Uh, so yeah, we're, we we are able to use that quite well for the team. Yeah, and I think Team Brazil, you know, they need to come over to the UK, do a UK tour, and then perhaps. A bit of a return trip to Brazil because I mean I would like to go to Brazil certainly. It would be great, so, would be great to yeah. go to Brazil, yeah, definitely. Oh, you're more than welcome to come uh, anytime. Uh, we have a cricket house in our hometown to 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 have our guests. Uh, we have the, the the league, we have the the, the center, we have the teams. Anyone's more than welcome to come. You guys definitely are. Uh, play some games and know a little bit of us. We take it to the schools. We take it to the university program. Uh, we have everything and. Uh, we, we want to show people what we are doing here. Uh, it's probably completely different than a lot of other countries are doing, but uh, like like you said, the weather helps us, the people help us, the lovely sport help us, so everything is in our favour. Well, thank you so much for everything that you're doing for the game that we love, because I think it's just amazing to see what's happening in Brazil, and, I, and we look forward to seeing you climbing those rankings and getting into the main world tournaments in the next few years. Oh, thank you. Uh, and thank you for also opening the space for women players, for players from all over the world to be talking and uh, to think about Brazil. Uh, I think that that connection, that exposure helps all of us and uh, you should do a, do a great job. And uh, thank you very much for that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, best of luck with everything. And we, you never know if we might see you at the 100 next year. Yes, yes. Well, yes, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? <laughs> anyway, I'll, I'll fingers crossed for that. And if not, when I go for holidays, I'll definitely keep in touch. <laughs> <laughs> Great to meet you. Thank you yeah. very much. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye. 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 Polly, mm -hmm. Roberta is amazing. Mm -hmm. She is incredible. And I'm taking her offer, and we are going to Brazil. Come on. I want the hot weather. It. Oh, we forgot to mention the snow. It was snowing last week. It was. It never snows this side of Christmas. It um, was snowing. Yeah, yeah Saturday. Oh, was Saturday really was crazy in the morning. Um, but yeah, I just want some hot weather. I'm like, I'm pale and cold. 
and I need a tan and some vitamin D. So I think we should go to Brazil. Brazil or Oman. <laughs> or Oman, yeah. <laughs> or Australia or just anywhere, which is warm at the moment. Um, but we have another guest next week. And I'm trying to think of a good clue. Um, they're a northerner. Okay, that's, that's always good. good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they... This is going to narrow it down a lot, but it won't actually because... Um, it might. Um, they recently got a domestic contract. <gasps> so they, there are multiple Are options. they a scouser as well? Oh, you've, you're kind of giving mm. it away, but yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Stay, stay tuned for next week. In the meantime, though, you can follow us on our social media, which is our Instagram is Naughty Child Podcast. Twitter is OO Child Podcast. Uh, YouTube, where the episode will be up, is Naughty Child Podcast. Our TikTok is Naughty Child Podcast. And I think that's everything. I think that's all our social media. Postal address. <laughs> <laughs> Edge busting cricket ground. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm much. Oh, I still need to find. I've still been thinking all week about how to get in the Commonwealth Games final. Yeah. So if anyone with like importance, anyone from the ECB, like anyone from anywhere, is listening, who could possibly facilitate that, be grateful because I spoke to the person that I know who has tickets, and there was no way. I was like, I asked really nicely, and they were like, no. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, okay, I don't think that's going to work. Um, but where there's a will, there's a way, and I will find a way. Security staff. Security, oh, security staff. Because, yeah. right, because it's the women's final, yeah. they'll, they'll need women to frisk people who are coming in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, so I could dress it. I just put a high-vis jacket on. High-vis jacket. How are they going to know? And a clipboard and be yeah. confident. <laughs> I love those videos where people get in hive. Maybe I've mentioned this before. Where people get in hive's jackets and a clipboard and just walk through places because like people believe that they have authority if you're mm. wearing that. So we can try. There you go. That's my way. But yeah, we'll be back next week with another episode. <laughs>